This is the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, and I'm your host, Cindy. I gladly welcome you to this comfy, cozy space for introverts, highly sensitive people, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is a place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Gather around the hearth, get comfortable, and settle in. I'm glad you're here. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 99, I chat with April Snow about how to honor yourself as a sensitive therapist and business owner. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm here today with April Snow. So welcome, April. Thanks, Cindy. I'm so happy to have to be here with you. Yeah. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about honoring yourself in your practice as a sensitive therapist. And April, she's a therapist, author, and consultant. But April, why don't you share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I work out of the San Francisco Bay Area of California, completely with highly sensitive folks, therapists and clients. So this is really kind of my, it feels like my life's work. I'm really, I feel like I'm on this mission to redefine what it means to be highly sensitive, really show people that, you know, you can move past that sense of overwhelm and doubting yourself to realize that there are a lot of gifts in being highly sensitive. And, you know, there's a lot of strengths that you can bring to every area of your life when you have this trait. So I offer different programs, workshops, uh, resources, books to help shift that narrative. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about it. Yeah. I love all the different things that you offer because, you know, I've been following you for a while and you have such good information on your Instagram account and Thank then, you. um, your beautiful book that you recently published. Thank um, you. And just the different programs that you offer. So I think it's just so many, uh, you offer a lot of different ways for people to learn more about themselves. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's important to have um, different types of resources for folks, depending on what your learning style is, depending on what resonates for you. And also I love to be creative in that way, to write, to create videos or to immerse in community. So it's definitely a rewarding experience for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, so why don't we dig into um, the main topic? You know, sure. how how can we honor ourselves as sensitive therapists? Absolutely, I really think that it's a matter of reorienting to how we gather information about how we run our practices, about how we do our work, and really starting to look inward for for guidance. You know, I, I know there's a lot of different. Facebook and social media and trainings and other resources. But a lot of times the information out there doesn't work for highly sensitive therapists. And I've seen that a lot where folks feel frustrated or they feel ashamed. Like, why doesn't this work for me? What's, you know, what's wrong with me? How, why isn't this a good fit? It's really because we need a different measuring stick. We need a different rhythm and, and to, just to approach our work with a different perspective, because we do have very different needs. You know, our internal experience is, is very different, you know, being more empathetic and perceptive and impacted by the work, you know, the way that you set up your practice or your, even your schedule or who you see needs to be radically different. So that's the, the thing, that's the most important thing is, can we start to look inward? What do I need versus what do I think I should be doing? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that I learned on my journey, um, you know, becoming mm-hmm. a therapist and, and even as my work as a coach, where a lot of the information that I was finding out there, it either didn't resonate or I would try to do it and it just wouldn't work or I had some type of resistance to it or it just Mm -hmm. didn't sit right with me. And so I think that's how I've, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I talk so much about like kind of coming back home to yourself or trusting yourself or listening to your own inner guidance. And I think that's That's especially important for sensitive people. Absolutely. Yes. And you've been such a good model for this around taking time off and, you know, setting up your, I know you talked a lot about, you know, you don't have to answer phone calls if you don't want to, or, you you know, you can make your practice really introvert friendly or HSP friendly. Um, And we need those models, right. To say like, oh, there's a different way. Cause when I was starting out, I didn't see any representations of how I needed to operate in this work. And that definitely was worrisome. Uh, but you're right that we do have really strong internal wisdom, intuition, you know, being more perceptive, uh, being more spongy or picky up more <laughs> uh, from, from the people that we work with, our beautiful clients, and also, you know, the environments that we're in. There's a lot of information we have access to. So can we give ourselves permission to actually listen and use it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just the examples are so important because mm-hmm. whenever I started trying some things that were a little different, it it made me a little nervous. It's like I my internal guidance system was saying, this is how you need to operate in order to continue in this work. And but then I didn't see any examples of it, or at least I mean, I'm sure many people were doing what what I did, but it just wasn't out there. It wasn't the mainstream thing that coaches or, um, you know, mentors were teaching and how to have a business or how to have a practice. So it did feel a little like, well, I was a little nervous about it. And also it felt like I felt a little empowered where you're just bucking Mm -hmm. against the system. So there was a little bit of energy behind it as well. Um, So that kind of felt freeing and liberating. But there was also this like, oh, is this going to work? Or what are people going to think? Because it's it's different in how we're taught to do things. Exactly. That that rebellion is a little exciting. (laughs) And you're right that, you know, a lot of times uh, the people that are doing what you're doing or have thought about it or starting to do it, they're more quiet, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're a little bit more potentially doing that behind the scenes and not showing up really loud and and boisterous and, and telling everyone this is the way to do it. And so those models aren't represented in a bigger way often. And I'm, I'm really excited that we're, I think there's more opportunities for the more introverted, sensitive therapists and business owners to have a presence. There's a lot more, you know, different avenues to share our voice in ways that feel supportive and sustainable. So yeah, we're, we are seeing more models, thankfully lately, but when you're, when you don't have those models, or maybe you're living in a space or in a community where you don't know a lot of other fellow sensitive people, it can be hard. Like, you know, am, can I do this? Is it okay to do it, do things this way? You know, and am I okay for, you know, being different? It's, 
It brings up a lot of big questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that just popped into my head. It's a little bit off topic, but not really, because um, I'm thinking about, you know, with sensitive people being 15 to 20 percent of the population, yeah. like there's more of this information getting out there and how we can sustainably run businesses. But I mm-hmm. also think even with people that are not sensitive or not highly sensitive, just the way the world works and how harsh it can be. Even people that are not sensitive or struggling in business or feeling overwhelmed or over overworked because of our culture. So I think even the things that we're teaching, it, it's going to be helpful for anyone who wants to maybe slow down a little bit or maybe rebel or buck up against the the yeah. culture that's so harmful for us. You're, you're so right. You know, I, I remember hearing Dr. Aaron say this, that, you know, what's good for us is good for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think that's more true than ever, right? With how fast everything moves and we're so inundated with information and screens and stimulation that every most people are overwhelmed and overstimulated and exhausted and, and burnt out. And yeah, so I, that encourages me to to speak up a little bit more. Like, oh, this this isn't just good for me. This is good for others as well. And this is something that could could benefit someone if if I do share. Yeah, I think it is helpful to remember that, that you're not the only one having this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what we're talking about um, you know, coming back to yourself, trusting your own intuition, just checking in with yourself to see, because there may be some advice from someone that's not highly sensitive that really resonates for you. And it's like, Absolutely. oh, I think I really like that. I'm going to try that. So I think not being afraid to just try different things, but seeing how it resonates with you. And if you, um, you know, don't do something just because someone else told you to do it. Like check in with yourself a little bit more and trust yourself a little bit more. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, what you need and um, how to, how to, you know, set up your business in a way that feels good for you. It's such an important piece because, you know, even when we get into these sub communities, like being highly sensitive or being queer or whatever it is, it's important to remember that even once you're in that community, you're not going to look like everyone in that community. You don't have to look like everyone in that community. And even if you're different than what the majority of the community looks like, you still belong. You still mm-hmm. are valid. Your experience is still important. So that's why I'm always saying, what do you need? Look outside the box, even the smaller boxes, <laughs> right? To see, okay, what what do I want? Because there's, I know lots of, I know a lot of highly sensitive therapists. Thankfully, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and, you know, a lot, even my best friend, like we have very different practices. We have de- very different work lives and personal lives and we're both highly sensitive and that's okay. Right. You know, she's more focused on purely clinical work. I'm doing, you know, wearing a few different hats, but cause that's what fulfills me. And sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, you know, you could have this question. Am I really highly sensitive? I like to do more than others do or whatever it is. Um, or, you know, yeah, there's lots of questions that could come up around that. Like, do I really fit? You do. Mm-hmm. Just look within. What, what does your gut tell you? Yeah. That's right for you. Yeah. Cause I'm someone that's interested in a lot of different things and, mm-hmm. you know, with coaching and retreats and building websites and doing yep. the podcast, but, and I think sometimes it can appear on the outside that I'm like super busy and like go getter, but I'm really not like mm-hmm. I have a lot of downtime and, and I have really chosen the, that piece over 
I guess, <laughs> I guess it popped into my head where it's like peace over profit. So it's like, yes, and, yeah. and honestly, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, when I've honored myself as being sensitive and not overworking myself, like I probably did have a, an income drop, but it's like, there's yeah. this piece that came along with it where it just feels, feels right. So I think sometimes there can be a misconception because I mean, I do show up on social media, have my accounts and do the podcast mm -hmm. in it. And it seems like it's really, I mean, those are things that are just out there for the public and things that everyone can see, but it, um, but they kind of live out there forever. So I like we're recording this podcast episode and it'll just be out there forever. But, you know, we spent this little bit of time together. I edit it I'll put it up and it'll be there. So it's almost like there's this collection of stuff that we do that's out there. And when someone comes across it, it'd be like, oh my gosh, look at all the things that this person has done. Because even with you and being a published author and your programs and just... And if somebody saw that all at once, they're like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. like she's doing so much. That is such a good point that you know, we're doing these things over time in these with space in between, right? Mm -hmm. So like I've been on this current path I'm on for you know seven or eight years now. And I have written some books in there. I've done retreats. I have, you know, taught workshops and I see my clients. There's a lot of pieces in there, but you're right that they've come one at a time. I've mm -hmm. stacked them over time. So yes, yeah, so if someone sees me today and like, oh, you 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 wear all these hats, you're doing all these projects, but I tend to be focusing on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And I have a I have lots of systems in place, and I have help, and I have balance. You know, I I don't schedule appointments on Mondays or Fridays. I you know I take regular time off. I think I'm taking ten weeks off this year. Um, last year I took a sabbatical. So there's there's counterbalances mm -hmm. to everything, right? And I think that's important to recognize. And also, yeah, when you do put things out there, they get to keep living, which is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a podcast or for me, it's blog posts um, or social media where, yes, people can find that one little piece of resource or offering that you put out there for years. Mm -hmm. That's that's incredible. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes it more sustainable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I think for... I mean, especially for sensitive people, just being able, and sometimes I have a hard time focusing on one thing at once. And, mm -hmm. um, because I get, I'll get all of these great ideas and yes. be so energetic toward them and then lose a little bit of steam. So being able to, honestly, it, it works, it does work so much better when you can pick one, you know, follow through with it, put your energy toward that and, and get it through to completion. It's true. I think that it's funny. I was at this, um, week long, I guess, retreat for HSPs once. And someone said, yeah, we need like a collective idea bank as HSPs because we have, we're, we're so prolific <laughs> in our ideas, but we don't always have the interest or the stamina to follow through on all of them. And that's been a, my experience. I've, I have so many ideas for books or blogs or community programs that I want to do. I'm like, I just write them down. Mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a notebook just for that. <laughs> let them express themselves. And then I come back to what can I actually do and what, what, what interests me, right? Cause there's so many things that that's the beauty of feeling deeply and being passionate and having ideas and being creative as a sensitive person. Um, there's a lot of choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is. Yeah. Thinking about sensitive therapist, if there's, 
you know, someone that's maybe newer in their practice, or maybe they're a sensitive therapist in practice, and they just feel like, you know, this isn't me or something's not right, or I designed Mm -hmm. this because of what other people told me to do. And it just, it's not sitting right. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for them just to how to even get started with learning what they want and how they can implement Mm -hmm. some of those new ideas. Absolutely. I would definitely say having a regular self-reflection practice of any kind. So for me, I like to take a few minutes after every session and just check in. How was that? What's working? What do I want to remember for next time? Or what can I take with me and incorporate into you know more of my work? And then maybe make one small change at a time, right? Maybe you start with your where you work. Maybe you get a more comfortable chair or you get some sensory objects or um, you pull in some natural light or something like that, right? So maybe start where you can. And then maybe you shift one day of your schedule to have more breaks in between sessions or you carve out one day a week where you don't have anything to do. I know there could, I think it's, it's important to start small. And to think about all the different layers of your your work experience, not just the the obvious. Uh, for sensitive folks, there's going to be a lot of different parts of the puzzle that need to be um, to be looked at, from scheduling to who you're working with to how you're working with those clients to what trainings you take. So if you can really just take the pressure off to do, take the pressure off and do less. Maybe don't go to that training. Maybe you don't need to get certified in in some new modality, right? Um, Maybe you can find a little bit of HSC community, right? Maybe there's a therapist in your area who also works with HSP clients you might want to reach out to. Um, There's there's so many different ways, which could be overwhelming, but I would say start with one. Yeah. (laughs) So listening in, spending, you know, creating a self-reflective practice, whatever that means for you, journaling, going for a walk, doing yoga gaming, doing art. It could be anything, uh, cooking, starting to listen, and then one small change at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned um, was kind of about the trainings or Mm -hmm. that sometimes when you're new in the field or even when you're not new in the field or, and there's some new modality or something that, because we're helpers and we want to find lots of different ways to help people. And a lot of times we can just collect information and training, but I think sometimes when you go through that so quickly and you're just Mm -hmm. collecting letters after your name or different certifications, it can, there hasn't been that time to embody it or to really let it soak in. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's a little bit of a difference between knowledge and embodiment. So I think giving yourself permission to maybe within the next two to three years, do one new training that you're really interested in and you can immerse yourself in it and get really skilled Mm -hmm. in it, you know? So, and I'm speaking to myself as well, because I do, I like to collect information and I want to know all the things. Um, And so I understand that it can be really hard. So (laughs) it can be really hard. You know, there is a lot of external pressure especially in our, our modern age as therapists where we're seeing what everyone else is doing all the time. And there's lots of different certification programs now. You know, it's, we have this pressure to keep up, to be enough. You know, that's, a I think, a common experience for sensitive people in general, being told you're not enough of this constantly throughout your life. Um, 
and so that that we bring that mentality into our therapist work as well. I've got to keep up. I've got to do what everyone else is doing. I need to see six or seven clients a day. I need to take all the trainings and network and have this really robust full practice when I think we need to create our own version of that. And that does extend to trainings. You know, a lot of therapists, sensitive therapists, even if you are doing all the trainings, you're right. It, be, it stays up here in the mind. You know, you're collecting this knowledge, as you said, but it doesn't have time to integrate. So you know, being sensitive, your your brain is wired for deep processing. You literally need time to integrate information, whether it be emotional, um, relational, educational, whatever pillar it is, you, your brain needs more time to, to sift through it. And so the more you inundate yourself with trainings, the less you're actually going to be able to, to integrate and, and actually use with your clients. And it becomes overwhelming in the moment. What do I pull from? Versus if we kind of, if we can slow it down and there's less to choose from, you actually will, I think, be more effective and it'll be clearer. There'll be more clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause even with all my varied interest in all these different areas, it's like each, each one is so helpful in and of itself. Yeah. And you, if you can dig really deep into one of these areas where you're supporting someone with, it can be a whole lot richer than if you know, like these five different modalities, but you're trying to, you know, fit them all in or, or you can't really go as deep because, you know, what we learn in school is that relationship is really important. And yeah, mm-hmm. the training also is important and learning skills, of course, but your ability to be present with someone and and to sit with them and go deeply, like that's a big part of it. And I don't mm-hmm. want people to forget like how important that is whenever you're off chasing like the latest new trainings. Exactly. I think we do forget that, how rich the work can be simply focusing on the relationship and being present and using that intuition, right? To bring mm-hmm. that back in. The richest experiences that I've had with clients have always been when I just allowed something to come through in the moment. Mm-hmm. Those have been the most profound sessions I've ever had when I would pre-plan the session or I would, <laughs> I was okay, I'm going to bring this particular exercise in today. That never seems to work mm-hmm. because it, this is a human being in front of you. This is a, a living organism. They're shifting, they're changing. We really, we, we have to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And yes, things will inform what you're doing in that session, but I think it's more important to rely on your intuition. Let those trainings wash over you, have them in the background, but really the relationship that person in front of you is is the most important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I love this. Such yes. good information for, for everyone. So why don't you take a moment to talk about um, some of the things that you have where people can get more mm-hmm. information and if they want to work with you or yeah, all the good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a lot of resources on my website, sensitivetherapist.com. There's free workshops and my blog and a link to the Facebook community. If you're looking for more community, uh, we have a really robust um Really beautiful community there. I do have to say that that's one of the groups that I've remained in Mm. because I just feel so safe in there and it's just a very beautiful space. Oh, I feel so grateful for the folks that are in there and and for co-creating that space because it also feels safe to me when other groups have not. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone is so supportive and shows up for each other. Just, just lovely. (laughs) 
And then, uh, so, and then I have a, a program I offer once a year, sustainable practice roadmap, where it's, it's a combination of tools and community. So pretty much all the, the resources I use in my own practice, and then six months of community support where we meet every week to talk and lift, lift each other up. And then we, we co-work where you can, you know, just get some account of, I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> just a little support to to stay on track uh, to get your notes done whatever it is um and then there'll be some guest workshops which Cindy will be coming in I'm so excited to talk about yes. intuitive marketing speaking of intuition um and we'll talk about burnout recovery and writing notes and taking more vacation time um and then yeah and then you get a 12 module course so it's it's everything that I've wanted in a program as I've gone through different trainings you know we're just going to go at the pace that works for you. There's no pressure to show up in any certain way. I encourage people to come in their PJs, turn their videos off, whatever, bring your pets. Um, and we can really just take our time and make those slow changes we talked about. That That is what I want for folks to have a place they can immerse and be supported in that process. And so it's self-discovery and then it's also practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful mix. Yeah. So I love it. Thank yeah, Thank yeah I'll I'll have all the links to all of that stuff in the show notes, and um, so everyone be sure and check April out, even if it's you know joining the Facebook community Absolutely. or following her on Instagram. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Cindy. This has been a joy. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'll be back soon with a fresh new episode. truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. If you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy, supportive, small group mastermind for introverted, highly sensitive solopreneurs who help and heal. And I'd love to see you at a tiny retreat sometime. May the forest be with you.